Welcome to the First Time Podcast. I'm your host, Tad. If this is the first time you've listening to First Time Podcast, it's really, really simple. Either me, my guest, or both of my guests, or all of us have experienced something for the first time. We're going to talk about it, usually a movie, and this is a first time for all of us. So I will welcome back two returning guests, two of the biggest Scream fans I know. I have Scary Gary and Blake Housworth back to the show. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. So I guess I'll just jump right into sort of what we're talking about a little bit, because um, I think you guys are just about my age or a little bit older. Um, So this is sort of like our generation's uh, Halloween or Exorcist or I mean, this is Scream. Scream is the sort of uh, biggest 90s resurgence of the slasher genre. So I was just going to sort of start off and just... uh, ask each of you, I guess I'll go with um, Blake first. Um, What is sort of your history? Like, I know you're a huge fan. I remember the first time I went to your house, you had a actual mannequin with the uh, original Ghostface uh, mask and the the whole get up on it. But what is your sort of history? Like, I assume everyone here saw it in theaters when it first came out, but just go a little bit back on why this movie, why this franchise, I guess, is so important to you. I I think... uh... It came down to that was kind of one of the first films that, and I don't re- recall if I snuck in or not, or I had somebody because I'm let's see, I'm 38 now, and it came out what 96, right? Yep. Um, I probably had a parent get me in, um, but that opening sequence, um, for me was like a, a page turner for what we were going to see come after that. I mean, it kind of was the catalyst because horror had died for many years prior to that. I mean, I'm not going to count Halloween six as something that rejuvenated the, you know, even though I enjoy that movie, it didn't rejuvenate anything. It, It was just another VHS thing sitting there. So when scream came out, it was kind of like this, let's flip everything over. Let's, let's try to make this as real as possible. Let's have something that uh, you could actually be scared of, you know, it, it could happen, you know, it, it's, it's not uh, a monster or an alien or anything like that, or a cursed doll. So, you know, it, sneaking into that and seeing that opening scene, it was just like, what on earth am I watching? Like, this is nuts. And like, you're glued the whole time. Uh, and I think with that, you know, I, I love the idea of something that I think I remember seeing maybe in stores, but you know, you had seen that scream mask here or there. It wasn't that common, but it would it would pop up here or there, and it was somewhat popular, I think, for a mask. But it was just something like, "Holy crap! Somebody could get this and just kill me if they have this plan that they want to do this," you know. And it was just real. And uh, I think from that point, and then weird enough, I didn't realize Scream Two came only a year uh, later, give or take. Or yeah. they, you know, filmed it within a year later, but. Um, I think that just, it was just one of those things where the characters were fun. You know, they were, uh, they were developed well, you know, I mean, yeah, Dewey was this Barney Fife individual and it was just kind of like, okay, he's the humor. Gail's this person that's on a mission and, you know, she's focused on her alone. And you have this, you know, girl that Cindy's, who's just this victim of circumstances that her mother and, you know, everything else kind of pulled around her and created this misery, even though, you know, it is what it is. But you had all these characters that, you know, at some point you could connect to somebody, you know, and it was kind of just this, the music was great. Uh, it just had a lot of fun things. And it it didn't take itself too seriously at times, too. Like, it, 
and understood that there are films out there. You know, there's there's Nightmare on Elm Street, there's Halloween, and you see that opening sequence, and you've got that blue screen where Casey's getting asked these questions, and you're like, oh man, that's so cool. Like, even though this is scary, but this is crazy, you know. And I think, um, yeah, that's kind of what got me started with it. It was just in and and his voice, Roger Jackson's voice is is amazing. Uh, and it's still good. It, it you know, um, I was still impressed that he could still pull it off um, with being as old as he is. So like, I just thought that was kind of my, I don't know, I just attached to it, you know, and um, it just was always a fun movie that, you know, whether you liked it or not, you had fun either way, you know, so that's kind of, I guess that's my comment on that. <laughs> Well, you were a, I mean, you're a 90s kid, uh, so you were big into, I remember Dawson's Creek and Kevin Williamson. Oh, yeah, Kevin Williamson, yeah. I mean, he put, you know, I think people were, my my sister's about your age, and so I grew up with that on that. We had one TV, so whatever she watched, I watched, which meant 90210 and then into Dawson's Creek. So um, it made sense. It was like, okay, they're combining this sort of world of teenagers that at the time felt pretty realistic compared to what we had on tv before these relationships they talked like real kids you know they weren't uh mm-hmm. typical tv kids and then to have a slasher element thrown in it sort of felt like this is a movie that's smart and it's for us like i mean mm-hmm. of course 96 i was 11 so um not necessarily me but i just you know watching it with my siblings and stuff you know it was it was pretty cool gary how about you like what was your history with the screen franchise no, I mean, honestly, you, you want my, my first, uh, like, and thoughts on Scream, like, when it was first announced, where I kind of saw, like, trailers for it, on, you know, it's like, what the hell is this? You know, I'm like, I was not impressed at all, actually. Not after seeing the movie, of course, but I'm like, oh, okay, it's going to be like a Dawson's Creek slasher type movie, whatever. How is I going to carry on me being a hardcore fan of, like, 80 slashers with the supernatural slasher side, you know, with, you know, Freddy Jason's, Michael's, and all that. I'm like, how is this, like guy in a Halloween costume going to carry on something like this, you know, and be really good. So I didn't see it in theaters, you know, I think I was 16, 17 when it came out and I finally, I got it on VHS, you know, long live VHS. The, the reason why we, many of us all awesome horror growing up, you know, I watched it and I'm like, Holy shit. I mean, it totally solidified Wes Craven. I feel as like my most favorite horror movie director of all time after seeing this. Yeah. It brought, horror back to the 90s because like blake said horror died it was garbage i had no want to watch any thing that was coming out that was horror related you know like i said i'm a fan of the 80s horror cinema and everything you know and this came out i didn't see it in theaters i waited until it came out the vhs you know a friend brought it over and i watched it and i was like glued just trying to the whole murder mystery element of it this and that you you fall in love with it and then that opening scene you just can't get past the fact that you know who was like the star supposed to be the star of this this movie who you thought was going to be the star <laughs> isn't quite going to be the star of the franchise you know it, it totally solid and like i said that the whole ma- the whole character of ghostface itself just totally it, anyone could be a, a serial killer you know and it it, it is a, one of the best horror films of all time for sure i think that's a big reason as to why we're still here talking about a new screen movie because um not only did it like redefine but it also um with the idea that ghostface can be anybody and you can kill him and it goes away but it's it's just not it's not one person it's the costume itself the it's like it's you know not like uh, michael myers who's one person 
um, which I think is just so cool. Cause like you could technically just, this could go forever, you know? I mean, there's no right. reason for it not to. And, uh, I did not see it in the theater, obviously at 11, but every year for Christmas, my parents would get us a VHS tape that me and my siblings had to share. And in must've been 97 at the the Christmas after this came out, um, we got scream on VHS and it was a huge deal. You know, it was like, very seldom did me and my siblings agree on anything and this was like oh shit like we all wanted this movie and we got it my parents got us an r-rated movie so that was a big deal and and that wore out that vhs tape wore out uh pretty quick from rewatches over and over and over again because like you said they they did that uh big surprise at the beginning but it's sort of you know this this whole franchise is um sort of based around this metaverse, you know, it recognizes horror movies as horror movies. Um, Halloween is a movie within this movie. And, you know, he's doing the classic Hitchcock where he has your, what you think is your final girl killed off. I mean, but they do it right in the opening scene rather than halfway through the movie, like they did in psycho. Um, but you know, I, I remember that was a big deal, obviously with Drew Barrymore, you know, they put her on the poster, they put her in the trailers. No one expected it to open with her being gutted within the first five minutes. Uh, and, and to think that Wes Craven started with, you know, the Hills have eyes. And then he had nightmare on Elm street, which was our, you know, the biggest at that time and, and created Freddie and then went on 20 years later and created Ghostface. you know, it's, right. it's pretty incredible to have, uh, there's like, I can't think of any other director who's created two, um, bat, you know, baddies, two big horror icons like that, that could be on the, uh, you know, the mantle of the, the hall of fame of slashers. And, uh, you know, it's too bad. We don't have Wes with us anymore, but, um, you know, what a legacy to leave behind. 100%. That's, I mean, he, with what he did with creating two iconic slashers, is amazing. Cause like, well, we got, you know, Leatherface with Toby Hooper and that's one thing he's known by. And then what Michael Myers with, uh, John Carpenter and Sean Cunningham with Jason. It's like, well, not even Jason, but Sean Carpenter really did the Jason thing, I guess, or, not Sean Carpenter, but uh, Cunningham. I'm sounding like I'm from the movie now, Wes Carpenter flick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the, these movies all sort of have that, you know, uh, I, I think watching them, and, and especially even the new ones, like as horror fans, we watch them, and it's like you feel like you're part of it because Wes was making all these nods to other horror movies, and they're talking like me and my friends would talk about horror movies. You know, it's like, oh, uh you know, they, they get like the rules of the horror movie. No one ever said that out loud before then. Like th- these were all unwritten and to finally address them on screen. And then I love how every consecutive movie sort of tackled another sort of um, turn or, so- or sort of, uh, you know, what's new in horror. And this this new movie is no different. No, 100 percent. Yeah. It, Scream is a complete tribute to horror cinema all around. It's like Wes has given nods to all of his like, you know, masters of horror growing up and everything so it's like yeah complete it's a movie for the fans and this one especially this newest one is for the hardcore fans and it's going to bring on a new generation of screen fans alike i feel yeah made by horror fans who grew up watching them just like us like directors that are right around our age and uh it's funny enough like a family friend of ours um has a daughter a 16 year old daughter and she really got big into scream by watching the mtv series which i was like oh so that worked and she started watching the movies um and she was talking to us about them around christmas time and she's like my mom hates horror movies um and i really want to go see it so i was like hey when it comes out just come with us and 
like sitting in the th- in a theater like right next to a 16 year old like you know around the age i would have been watching the sequels and watching her freak out seeing her first screen movie in a theater was like seeing it through her eyes was just incredible like she was like squirming in her chair freaking out it was just like this is fucking awesome. Like, you know, this is a new generation is experiencing it just like we did, you know, all these years later, just so damn cool. I'm so sad. I didn't see the original one in theaters or even two. In fact, the only screen movie I saw in theaters on release date was scream three until this one came out, of course, was scream three. Oh, and I feel that's what actually, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. But I feel like that's what made me the Scream fan that I am. Because when Scream 2 came, like, oh, okay, uh, uh, they, they made a sequel out of that somehow. How do they make this to carry on? I mean, they, they killed off the killers already. You know, it's, it's not a supernatural being. It's just a regular person. But then they show how the movie is pretty much damn near infinite, you know. And when Scream 3 came out, honestly, I absolutely loved it. Not so much as much now these days. You know, I, I, it has its place in my heart, but when it first came out, the idea of the trilogy, I was like, fuck yeah, Wes. But, you know, obviously you can tell that, you know, Kevin Williamson didn't have anything to do with that movie. Well, he, that was the issue with Williamson. And that's been the problem with Williamson this entire time is he cannot stay focused on one project. He had, he had did scream. He had gotten the screenplay out and he wanted to sell it as fast as possible and let's make some money. And, you know, I've got Dawson's Creek going on here after that. I think that's how he kind of, I'm not sure if he got Dawson's Creek because of how good Scream did or if that was kind of happening at the same time. But, you know, Scream was a success and he had already gotten stuff written out for one, two, and three. Like he was kind of like figuring it out once Scream kind of came a hit. He kind of gave small notes on two and three to kind of conclude everything and get everything put together. And uh, I think he left um, like halfway through or something like that. Um, and I think um, Kruger, you're, I can't, I can never think of his name, but he took up doing write, writing and stuff like that. But um, you know, there's an issue where like scream two, he had written some of it and then they kind of went back and changed stuff. Scream three is, was completely different uh they that was why scream 3 is kind of a mess i saw it five times in the theater okay so i mean i was i was dedicated <laughs> i saw it three times yeah i saw it, I, I saw mean, it one day opening night and then with the very next day i was like oh I shit think, well i think at the time though if i recall there wasn't really that many horror movies in theaters it was just comedies you know it was a lot of comedies back in the, it, that era was just tons of cheesy comedies well, I mean, you don't remember yeah. half of them you guys know yeah. what has a big and sorry to interrupt, but before I forget why this why three a big part of why it's so different and why there weren't a lot of horror movies around then was uh was it Columbine or Columbine? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everyone was afraid what... to touch touch horror, and uh, they this movie's like Scream Three is pretty much bloodless, and it's you know it's very um, yep. much a almost like a, much more of a comedy than the other two, and just weird in tone because it's like we can't show the, as much violence, and yeah, it's it's more of a whodunit. I don't know. It's it's definitely different. So different than the other movies well and you know that's what changed the ending of it in fact was the whole columbine thing because the ending was supposed to be different than what we got for the whole I, plot of scream three i i think it's it's weird because i had rewatched um three and four um and i had seen one and two um like i don't know like a month back because i got the the scream in 4k um and uh which looks beautiful like it definitely needed to be that's why yes. after i watched scream 2 i'm like oh my god please make that in like 4k because yeah. it's a beautiful film i mean uh, hans zimmer's orchestra all this stuff 
that made that film so like large. That movie felt huge to me watching that film compared to the other films where the first one's very minimal and it's, you know, you, you feel like you're stuck in this town and it, and that's a great feeling. But like three kind of went, we're in California. Oh, look, there's Jay and Silent Bob, you know, I mean, right. I, very much I, a product I, of his time. It, it was yeah. one of those things where I don't think, I mean, it's fine that they exist in that universe and I'm assuming they were already on the lot when they were doing Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back because Wes Craven has, you know, the a screen a scene. Cameo. Yeah, so it, it feels weirdly connected to that, but I feel like too many things in Scream 3 took me out of Scream 3. You know, you had too many things that were going on, and it just felt like, well, what are the characters doing? Like, what are we doing here? Like, it just feels recycled, and it also feels super jokey and cheesy, and, and I get that, but you have to balance that out, and that's what the first Scream did, and even Scream 2 had some small moments, but it was more of a serious film in general. I mean, and right. you know, three three comes around and you're like, I don't, you know, I don't know. It was it was hard to watch at this time. I I'm just like, God, I saw this five times in the theater. What the hell was going on? Like and then I realized there wasn't much going on, so that's why <laughs> Yeah, I went back and rewatched all of them um just last week leading up to the new one just to refresh myself. And obviously I've seen the first one the most and then second um second most and probably four um i've probably seen three or four times since it came out in theaters but three i think i saw once and i was like man this sort of is bums me out so i didn't go back to it and uh i mean it has you know it, it gets shit on it's the most hated in the franchise people write it off and rip on it and stuff but it's still you know even a bad screen movie still a lot of fun but uh yeah it, it, it has problems that's exactly right you said it right there it, it, even a bad screen movie is a good movie i mean i i love the whole the the plot twist they went with i know some people knock it and shit like well where has he been who is this guy and shit you know but being you know sydney's brother in the end you know the the ending fact of a trilogy i'm like i thought that was a, a cool idea like oh he's the whole reason why all this even started you know but i mean yeah it, it is knocked and shit and i go back i i do something every year on west craven's death day what i you know i do my screamathon and and homage to the stabathon and scream four i'm like you know what so every every year on, on wes's death day well i i try to have like wes craven month because he's born in the same month he died in at the beginning and then passed away at the end so i try to watch you know so, as many of his movies from his catalog as possible but every year on his death day i binge watch the entire scream series you know and it's you know, you got to watch Scream 3 still, and it, it's a part of the whole the storyline now. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, crappy. it's canon, so it works. But um, mm -hmm. I guess if we don't want to make this a whole uh, Scream franchise podcast, we better get on to our topic at hand. So yeah. um, we're going to obviously talk about Scream 2022.
three attacks so far. Do you have a gun? I'm Sydney Prescott. Of course I have a gun. Something about this one just feels different. Samantha? I'm... I know who you are. I've been through this. A lot. This is your life now, which means that whoever this is is gonna keep coming for you. You ready? For this? Never. There's certain rules to surviving. The attacks were all on people related to the original killers. Whatever his link is to our past, it's pulled us all back here. And I won't sleep until he's in the ground. Okay, Scream 2022 or Scream or Scream 5, whatever the fuck you want to call it, was, re cream. <laughs> was released January 14th, 2022, written by James Vanderbilt, who uh, also wrote Darkness Falls, Zodiac, The Amazing Spider-Man, and the not-so-great Independence Day Resurgence. And uh, also written by Gary Guy Busick. I wanted to say Gary Busey, but Guy <laughs> Busick, who also wrote uh, Ready or Not, Stand Against Evil, Castle Rock, and Final Destination 6, the upcoming sequel. Um, directed by Radio Silence, who is Matt Bettinelli Ulpin and Tyler Gillette. They did uh, segments on the VHS movies, uh, Southbound, and of course, the fantastic Ready or Not. Um, we have Nev Campbell returning as Sidney Prescott, Courtney Cox as Gail Weathers Riley, uh, David Arquette as Dewey Riley. We have uh, also another returning character in Marley Shelton as Sheriff Judy Hicks. Um, then we have our new characters, Melissa Barrera as Sam Carpenter, a little nod to our uh, old man John. Uh, we have Jenna Ortega as Tara Carpenter, Mikey Madison as Amber Freeman. We have Jack Quaid as Richie Kirsch, Dylan Manette as Wes Hicks, another fun little nod. And then uh, Jasmine Savory Brown as Mindy Meeks Martin, Mason Gooding as Chad Meeks Martin, and Sonia Amar as Liv McKenzie. So we have a new group of teens, but we have some legacy characters coming back. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I will just go out right out the gate and like overall thoughts. Um, Gary, I, I will go with you first because uh, I went with Blake first last time. Overall, um, yay, nay thoughts on uh, general consensus on this one well i definitely give it a 4.5 out of 5 I, I i loved it i do see its flaws it's it is the most meta scream that i've ever seen and it's just chocked full like little easter eggs and little nods and stuff like that which i loved uh this is spoiler cast or whatever right i mean absolutely yeah. yeah 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 if you're listening I, because, and you don't want to be spoiled and you haven't seen it, turn it off now and come back when you've seen it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just like several other people have said, I feel like the killers were predictable, but I feel that's the direction the filmmakers were kind of going. The, the big twist wasn't the fact of who the killers were. It was the reason for it, you know, and, and I kind of love that the whole toxic fandom thing, you know, fans that are just so pissed off and they want to create 
their own best stab movie because they're hardcore fans of the stab series just like we're hardcore fans of the scream series a whole nether meta nod and i think that's what i just love so much about it is just the whole the meta-ness of it you know um i i loved it i think wes would have been proud the few things like i said were kind of like well how was that like how how do we go this long without knowing that billy loomis had a fucking kid you know what i mean right but it's like they got to try and bring something back to keep it going i feel the route they have gone with this now will keep the series going for a really long time if they want to for at least another three movies. So overall, highly enjoyed it. I highly recommend it. And uh, yeah, the the most brutal scream I feel too. Some oh, people yeah. say the kills weren't weren't that brutal, but I, I when you're when when someone is getting killed in broad daylight and the stabs aren't just one two, it's like stab 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 ring ring stab. You know, we're just the certain penetration scenes or whatever it's like yeah stabbing in the face and the neck and yeah we're seeing things that were sort of off screen in the original franchise the original trilogy exactly they're showing all that stuff right there you know just and then the constant nods i'm really sad honestly that my boy sumacher didn't make a comeback i really thought he was going to be the leading ghost face in this series right here that somehow he survived and yada 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 was going to come back as a big payback to finally get sydney back or whatever training his own new clique of like ghost face kids but you know it is what it is still overall great movie so that i've heard i've heard that uh theory a few times since this came out i avoided everything i did not see a trailer i did not read other than you know that it was coming out it was by the radio silence guys and we had uh legacy characters so it was going to be an actual sequel but um i just don't i, I maybe i'm just like a, a fool but uh, Stu's dead man like he's he's dead hey, yeah, but we thought kirby was dead and it, did you know like along with all these easter eggs going on in this movie that you know our i don't know if you guys watched the dead meat youtube show or whatever but she was in they like... got their they had their little cameo so on that little youtube page if right. you look down kirby survived and was an interview with her you know so it's like and Wes has always kind of said, do we really know if Stu died or not? You know, but you you would think it would have been mentioned by now. But then again, you would have thought that had been mentioned that fucking Billy Loomis had a secret love child when he was with Sydney or some shit. Blake, <laughs> Blake, what do you think overall? Uh, Well, I had to type a page out because I had to figure <laughs> out. Uh, you know, it, it's funny you mentioned uh, Kirby. Um, I had come up with the idea that it kind of would have been cooler to have her had been a third killer in Scream 4. and I was waiting for that too! Went to walk around to look and see what was happening and Best stayed away from it because Jill turned on, you know, um, in McCulkin's brother or whatever. <laughs> Roar, yeah. Charlie. Um, she, yeah. Charlie. Basically the, the Randy most, of the, the movie. But yeah, she turned on him. And, Ghostface. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and basically, you know, Kirby's like, shit, uh, okay, I'm gonna stay back and then I'll come back later and fuck these guys up later on. And I thought, oh, that kind of would have been clever. Like, that's kind of cool because Kirby was pretty likable. And I don't see how she wouldn't have known Jill was a part of that. And, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. It's, you know, she's not part of it. But, okay, so I did pros and cons. Okay. Um, because after watching this, and I only watched the first trailer, um, which I now regret watching because it kind of ruined a surprise in the film because they hit it on purpose and, you know, you may have been able to tell that the house was Stu's house, but they purposely hit it, and the characters were surprised to, you know, that, you know, as Gail and Sydney are driving, you know, are like, oh, shit, this why is are the we house. Right. But that's what pissed me off. Like, that ruined, I was like, god damn it, that could have been a, 
you know, a, a big a reveal. Little, like, yeah. And I, it, it should have been. Yeah. Up, and I'm like, uh, so anyway, okay. My, my pros are the movie took itself more seriously and the acting felt a little stronger with the main characters than I had before, especially Dewey. Dewey, you know, uh, had always been this Barney five character. He just kind of was stuck in that role and he got a little more serious as sheriff, but it was the fact that they kind of looked at him as, okay, the guy obviously can't be an officer anymore. Well, either Gail left and he couldn't do it by himself anymore. Turned to drinking a little bit. It just was, you know, obviously demoted or he just quit in itself or whatever. I think he quit, right? Is that what happened in the film? Or they, he said, they made yeah. him quit. They so made they him made retire. Him so yeah. Dewey finally, like, I finally got really good acting out of him. Like, I got good David Arquette acting out of him for the first time in so many films. And and whether he was purposely just playing that role and that's really good acting, then that's great. But his character, I took him seriously now. I cared about Dewey more in this film because I was like, dude, the guy's been through enough. And he's just like, shit, I've got to help out because Sydney's not here anymore. Gail's doing her thing. I'm going to help out and do my thing. And I thought that was really, you know, it felt strong for his character. Um, and the kills were definitely brutal, as we spoke about. Um, Richie, uh, you know, Richie also provided some great moments with some fun dialogue. And I don't think as far as, you know, um, as far as story, I didn't even consider him a suspect. So, so good job for that, even though Dewey points it out when they're having their little meeting at the house. But um, I think the best moment for me in the movie, too, was Sydney and Gail calling Amber's bluff on being a victim. It took two seconds, right. and they're like, uh, nope. And that was a great little moment. Like, even though I kind of feel like that moment should have been our moment, too. Like, I wish they would have figured out a way to not have her be seen as a killer yet, and they call her bluff. And you're like, oh, shit, they know. Like, you know, like, we didn't even know that she would have been a killer yet if they would have filmed it in, in a way that, you know, gooey, uh, sorry, that uh, Gail and uh, Sydney basically call her out. And she's like, oh, screw you. I'm going to shoot you anyway and run inside the house. That moment would have been terrific for us to share that, like, that surprise with them instead of already know that she's up to no good. But um, I, I sort of like that. I thought the scene was actually um, sort of almost refreshing when she steps out of the house and she's like, oh, no. And instantly Gail's like, you fucking liar. Like they yeah. both were like, yeah. we fucking, I love that because it's like, it was great. They, they've been through so much that you cannot fucking fool them anymore. And she, they right. she tried. And then, and then I liked her response was like, Oh fuck it. And tries to shoot him right away. I loved it. Like, Oh yeah. You know, but it was a bummer to see Gail get shot. Like right away, like get out of the car in the same spot. Yeah. Like she already been shot before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> get shot yeah. immediately. It's like, Oh shit. Damn it. Um, when it came so to here... Amber, I feel, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Blake. No, go ahead. No, what it was going back to Amber in that first scene when all the kids are actually together at school, like kind of the whole, oh my God, who got killed, da 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 da, or somebody tried to kill Tara. Uh, and they looked at what's uh, the one of the twins, Chad Meeks or whatever, and uh, like, oh, look at those bruises you have. It's from football. And they're trying to make him look suspect. Right. Then immediately in the hospital, when they're all sitting there talking to Tara, when Amber's there with Tara and stuff, if you look at Amber, her shirt's kind of open a little bit, and she has a big bruise on her shoulder. And I think I, 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 it, it may just have been an accident there, but I saw that, and I leaned over, and I was like, hey, Amber's the fucking killer, because look, she's got a fucking bruise on her chest right there. And they were just talking about bruises on the other guy. But nobody ever called that out, so I don't know. That might have just been me overlooking, you know. But There was uh, I, somebody I, on, online today that uh, pointed out that there was uh, a ghost face costume, not the mask, 
but the costume was in the basement as uh, um, Amber was basically getting the beer. And then obviously Richie. Well, it goes wasn't a costume. It wasn't okay. No, it, it was, was it was a black it was a black blanket hanging up with a white towel okay. over it. But it oh, made okay. it look like it was a ghost face because like I saw it. Okay. I'm like, oh look, they're trying to strategically put that there. And okay. I'm like, but I still wasn't sold. I, I Richie, I was still fifty fifty on Amber. I really felt was a killer from the get go, and I felt it was gonna be Amber and Tara trying to lure Tara's sister back, and like little Miss bitch who's fucking. This got this whole story because your dad's a serial killer, yada yada yada. I want <laughs> well, the attention that, now. You know that right there, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do my cons real quick, just so I don't. Okay, so sure. Here's the cons. Um, and the, just this is I'm I'm just gonna say it. So the movie couldn't figure out if it was a teen TV show or a movie. That's what I felt watching that film. Main characters other than Dewey contacting Gail, which she would have probably came to Woodsboro out of wanting to cover every Ghostface killings. You know, hadn't had they basically had no place in the story though. And Sydney would have remained out of the picture if it wasn't for Dewey dying. Right. Whether the killers purposely planned that or just got lucky, you know, if are they smart enough to say, we're going for Dewey, we're going to kill him, and somehow Amber overpowered Dewey. That's a whole other thing. Um, but, you know... Who hasn't was overpowered that to, Dewey? Was that to pull Sydney <laughs> in? Was that to, like, pull Sydney back? Well, like, I think cause... everything they were doing in general, they were just assuming, like, we'll have to ramp it up to a point. Not necessarily, like, just kill Dewey to get her back. I mean, yeah. Dewey's always been on the hit list. I mean, the guy's been, you know, yeah. fucking shot, stabbed, everything. But, um... I feel like, you know, in general, it was like, if we ramp it up to a certain point where all this shit's hitting the fan, she'll have to come back. She can't resist, yeah. you know? Um, so basically, yeah, like you guys said, Amber had the scream signature, um, you know, obvious, I'm the killer moments, and how the character looked, um, you know, were chosen, which worked for the focus to be mostly on her. Or Tara Carpenter being her sidekick, if they chose that path, because she definitely had a little... You know, her character was kind of, you don't know what she's doing. Like, I don't care about her character either. Like, that was the other problem with the not focusing enough on the characterizations to let them breathe a little bit more, to uh, let us get to know the new cast. You know, we're so used to the old cast. If you're going to focus this movie on new cast, which that's what their intent was, uh, someone dropped the ball with not really letting them kind of talk and kind of move around that's just like the uh the character that was related to Stu, was it that died in like in two seconds outside on right. his car? what was the point i of didn't that? even realize that i, no I, I missed did. that whole conversation that they it said was, he was his cousin and yeah, i was like really that was, was just some weird stalker guy he went outside to do his thing he got killed oh, the, i don't the, care about you know yeah the morgan wallen guy that had like the yeah, bullet yeah yeah completely throwaway yeah. character um so Let's that could be here. led to a sequel story, though, too, at the same time, I feel. <laughs> so, um, you know, Samantha, who's, you know, Billy's daughter, mostly showed, um, you know, they mostly showed just because you come from a killer, you don't have to be one. And, you know, that's fine. And her character wasn't bad. Uh, you know, it was it was OK. And I I get the whole struggle of, you know, finding this out. But it it just didn't feel as momental, like monumental as it was, it should have been to be like, oh, my God, I'm Billy's. You know, I'm like, well, of course you are. You know, what else are we going to do next? You know, like. I mean, I get it. Whatever. Uh, let's see. Uh, where am I at? Uh, you don't. Yeah, like I said, you don't really get to know the new characters before they're stabbed or revealed to be the character to really care. The, the people that were killed off just felt meaningless. And while they had connections to other characters in the past films, it just felt like moments to move the story along. 
due to the trailer, like I talked about, you know, with the whole Stu's house that really like, because I watched that scene. I'm like, well, it's Stu's house because I saw the trailer and I'm watching it. And I'm like, oh, they're really doing a good job carefully not showing it. And I'm like, shit, like that just pissed me off, you know? And I, I even I talked to my buddy Steve um, and we were watching it. And I said, you know, it felt like there should have been a third killer or a killer or something coming out. Like that's the else. one thing we haven't seen in a screen movie. You're right, and I, I really like thought three there was killers. A third killer going to come I out. watched that yeah. movie, and I'm like, "There's no way this is it." Like, there's no and way. That's this exactly is what it. I said. I was and sitting I, there I, waiting I for another there. twist. Well, that was the thing, and um, you know, Richie was a surprise. It just felt like you know he he was he was. I get the whole concept the of him. Just, what's that? It was it was too obvious that he'd be the killer, so you thought that maybe yeah. okay, he definitely is not the killer. Then. Right? Yeah, they they made him a big red herring, and then it's obvious, like, oh, the lead girl's boyfriend can't be the killer. That yeah. that's already been done, but of course well, they've right. always done this with Mickey in in part two. Mickey yep. was focused on for a while. He he was there, and then he kind of disappeared. And you're like, okay, now Debbie Salt. Okay, that that was great. That thing was. I love like, that twist. Hell? That was wonderful. So. Right. I get what they're doing. They're going to show the the most logical person, and you know, and obviously uh, that Amber girl was just way too obvious. And I'm just like, we could be a little cleverer than that. Um, let's see. Um, you still got cons on your list? I'm I'm just looking through this. It says uh, <laughs> I basically put with any film you're excited to watch, it goes fast, which it felt for me like when I watched something for the first time. This movie felt really quick. And it just didn't, well, especially not... after the reveal, the reveal, oh, it ended it, so fucking fast. It was so quick. And I'm like, really, that's, that's what I'm waiting for. Like the trailer yeah. felt more monumental than the movie. Just watching that, like this one feels different. And I'm like, oh, okay. And, you know, I understand their idea of moving away from the core characters and uh, they tried to do just that. But for me, you know, when, you know, I enjoyed, you know, Samantha and Richie, and there was a lot of fun exchanges and trying to kind of they focused on her getting her figured out on what she should do um you know like you know you were kind of attached to see where she goes i didn't care about her sister though i was just like dude like she got cut up we really don't know exactly if she's part of this but i'm I'm starting to lose focus and i'm only halfway through this movie and um you know let's see yeah i i don't feel like there was enough to really carry the movie in general with all these characters it just felt like you have these random characters thrown in they're going to get plucked off real quick we got the remaining characters coming back that we've always known all right here's the reveal uh okay um and you know but i definitely i don't know it's just it's it might be a film that i know i'm gonna have to watch a couple times to kind of really just get in my head and feel like okay this is something that is different this is this needed to be made and that's what i ask myself with a lot of these films like i'm happy to have you know ghostface back in the theater i really am it's it's great uh but i what did we gain from this you know are we all are we always going to go meta like are we always going to be so self-aware do we need to be self-aware anymore yes I, I, I that's what this franchise that's what sets this franchise apart from you know how yeah, Halloween it's coming have back. To. Yeah. Well, and that yeah, was the I thing mean, was you know you can't have everyone self aware forever because then you know they're going to get too smart and it's the, the it's not going to be clever as it was before. You know, like <clears throat> I understand like that was the issue with Scream Four. It just kind of 
was a little too meta this meta that and this and i'm like Scream four was absolutely amazing i love it was the sequel i didn't it was it was it was was the sequel i didn't know i needed i i i didn't want a scream four at all i was like why are they doing this and they came out when i finally watched it i was like holy shit this is my new like next favorite scream movie right here and then when scream five got announced i felt the same way like we don't need this, but now I kind of can see how they can maybe take it in a new direction ish. But did you look kind of maintain the, the screen? Uh, the details and what they were going to do for four, five, and six, because that was that was what was supposed to happen. Was they well, were I know four, five, and six. Well, yeah, right. That Kevin Williamson and then until you know, obviously Wes passed away and stuff. Yeah, uh, I, I have looked at some things. Like I said, I know there was other like Scream Three was originally supposed to be like Stu making a comeback, and there's going to be like a cult of like like ghost face killers or whatever that all die in the movie is gonna be like april fool style and they're all really alive and they're all trying to kill sydney or whatever is gonna take place at Stu's house but then well i, I you yeah. know i i, I can't remember what the route they're gonna go with six and five though or five I think and six five and six it was uh i i think what was gonna happen is you know you had the three trio remain alive but right uh, somehow you know uh she would have lived the killer would have lived and went to college it was almost like we're redoing the seek the second movie and then she was going to have a killer after her and she would have been the killer too it's kind of a weird (laughs) concept of having her go through there but i mean i will say this i have never been more annoyed by like a killer like i mean it was great acting but she was so fucking easy to hate you know, you watch Jill? that movie. Jill just was like, "Oh my god, you little bitch!" Like, you don't want to work. She's actually one of my favorite ghost faces. Actually, <laughs> no, that's probably she is, but Stu. it was one of those characters that you really got pissed at, like which was good. Yeah, you really hated well, her because you're like, bitch. "Little yeah. bitch!" Like, you killed your mom. Like, you don't give a crap about anybody. And like, but that, you know... and that's that's the screen franchise in a nutshell. How it's pointing at society and fans. Yeah. Too. Like, she doesn't need friends; she needs fans. And then we go to Scream Five, Five Cream, Scream Reboot, Requel, or whatever. And now it's pointing at us. Right. We are the victims of this movie now. We are the reason why this movie is being made, and it's like the the reason why the killer is the killer because. Oh my God! Did they really just take our Halloween movie and make Halloween Resurrection? I need to make a better Halloween movie. God damn it! Right? You know, yeah. and then yeah. So and, and that's kind of like what this is. These guys want to make you know Tara and, or not Tara, but fucking Amber and Richie want to make their best version of Stab. You know, Stab Eight. What the fuck? A flame throwing ghost face. This is bullshit. We got to fix this now. And I, I feel if they make a sequel, that's how it's going to be their movie is going to get reboot based off of this story right here. And it may take place when they're in college. So we may be looking at a screen Two well, reboot. We got to see what I'm saying. They got to be careful how convoluted they do this because it's like, what is going on at this point? Like it gets messy, you know, like, okay, we get it. Like the fans are pissed. Blah, 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 blah. goes back. You don't want another saw on your hand. Well, I mean, you know, I, I would like to have some sort of core story that, that the characters aren't aware of what's going on. I'd like to see something that, that pushes it further a little bit. And we've pushed it as meta as we can get at this point, I think, you know, and I mean, I was shocked that like Roger Jackson used his normal voice in the beginning of the film and was just, talking That's, I love that though. That and I'm just like, Holy shit. Like about. he's just talking like himself. And then he's going to, you know, go into that voice and you're just like, what the fuck is happening? Like, so that was really cool. Like I, I, I that was like a scream one shout out there too, because that's kind of how it was in the first scream. It didn't sound like Ghostface Killer. He was like, "Hey, I thought we were gonna go out," you know. Well, and yeah, then that's, bam. Yeah, it's uh, it was. It's definitely there's lots of things to enjoy about it. Um, but I also feel like 
maybe you know take take a little longer with the process of of fleshing out characters because if you start introducing characters i know there's so many horror movies especially like friday the 13th where you just throw the characters you know they're gonna die you don't care about them and that's what scream was supposed to be a little different though like you, you were you were supposed to kind of get to know them a little bit before they got plucked off real fast especially if you know i knew going into this watching all these characters i'm like oh my god there's too many characters here like how are we going to just gonna pluck all these people off? And like Judy Hicks, like I would have rather had. Well, I didn't know she was going to die. I was sad well, about that. I'd rather I, have Ghostface shove live. a pound of lemon bars in her mouth and shut her up because like <laughs> that, that, that ruined, like that was the worst thing about Scream 4 for me. Like you got to try my lemon squares. And I'm like, have, having like a weird flirty Dewey, like a female like, Dewey. Just, yeah, it just kind of was weird. Like I get it, but it wasn't funny either and i'm like stop talking about your lemon squares like what about the lemon squares in the fridge on the on the the yes i saw that that was great and it was cool that they turned around the whole woman in the shower and did a guy this time yeah that was great i like that that was i'm like get some one character that was written in the movie specifically just to be killed though like that character's whole role was he was written in there just so we can get killed just so they could have that party at the very end of the movie and he's a mocker's house so they can have so they can like, have that sign that says for West. That was like a complete West Craven tribute kill. Yeah. Bill. And it's sad that that one actor who has been in a lot of, especially 13 reasons why the guy can act. So yeah. why not use him a little bit? And they barely did. And I'm like, ah, you're, you're focused on what's her name in the freaking hospital that I don't care about right now. And I'm like, I don't know. It's, it's really hard to put your, your focus on what to like and what I mean, I'm I'm intrigued to hear what Tad has to say, though. Well, so. I'm a little confused by just speaking on that, the timeline, because um, and, and I'm I will tell my listeners and you guys probably already know this, like I'm a blissful idiot when it comes to these movies, because I do not see the killer at all. Um, I don't, I don't even think my brain tries to, because I just would rather go into it, but like I can turn that off and just enjoy the movie and be surprised at the end. But um, the character, uh, her son, like, Wes, uh, one, I'm I'm sort of over like giving these um, like cameo names right in our face, like uh, Tara Carpenter and Wes. You know, it's like I don't know. It's a little straightforward, but for me, but I guess we're hardcore horror fans, so it's harder to digest. But um, like she didn't did she have a kid in Scream Four? Because he's like a high schooler. And that's why I was trying to figure out. Too, it's only like 10, 10 years, years. since Scream 4. Right. So what, what's the timeline here? Because she was like single and all wanting up in Dewey uh, 10 years ago. And now she has a 17, 16 year old son. Like it's a, it's a writing flaw. I mean, that, he would have uh, been. Yeah, he would have been. That's six. one of the flaws. Yeah. But um, you look at Billy, too. Billy's another thing. That's the flaw, too. I mean, what? He was how old in screen? Yeah, 17 at the oldest. Yeah. So he had her at like 16 or something and then just forgot about her and didn't give a shit. Well, I and feel like then... she was, she's probably pregnant in high school is what I think. And he didn't know about with. it, I would assume. Yeah. And she was so in love that she was going to have his baby anyway. So she wrote those poems for Billy. And then whenever, cheap, whenever oh, yeah. um, Tara found, not Tara, but. Uh, Sam found all those letters. It was like, oh wow, she was really in love with this guy. So, did you guys f- like freak out when you saw Billy in the flashbacks? Well, uh, I-, I was trying to tell if that was actually Skeet Ulrich or not because that CGI, the, right. the agent was kind of like rough. I'm like, is that a different actor or right. is that really Skeet Ulrich? Because no, I know Skeet, he's been um... doing things like on Riverdale and stuff now, you know, and. I was like, ah. they but did, it was they really him. A horrible job. It could have been. Worse. It didn't need Let's to be there. It didn't, it, it, you know what? I would have had, I would have been fine 
having him uh, talk to her in her head, and you hear the voice. Right. I would have been well, okay with that. They turned into the Norman Bates thing. I feel you or know, the dark mother, Dexter, blah, blah, blah. dark passenger type thing. Well, yeah. that's and that's what I was getting was Dexter because we had just watched, obviously, you know. The, yeah, the, I need uh, to watch. I, I need to finish it. Don't ruin it, by the way. I still <laughs> way yeah, behind. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> But um, just watch, you know, watch Dexter then because I, I, I am just now a fresh Dexter viewer. I didn't watch it when it came out originally, and then when this new, you know, series got entered uh, announced, I'm like, well, maybe it's time for me to watch it. And we watched it all back to back to back to back as much as possible. So I was like, wow, yeah, that's a total Dexter type thing right there. That's exactly what I saw, and I'm the same. I mean, I watched Dexter as it aired, but I've been watching a new one, and I think maybe just having that fresh on my mind, I was like, oh, he's sort of uh, the dark passenger to right uh, yeah to her but i don't know like part of me um i i come out of these movies and i'm still that that dumbass 16 year old that sees you know even halloween h2 own theaters and comes out i, I saw freddie vs jason twice opening night i'm i'm not here <laughs> I'm, I'm that idiot that comes out and i'm like that was the best one yet you know and of course by um my ratings sort of calm down after i've had time to sit on them rewatch them but i still I came out of this and I loved it too, man. I was like, you know, I was a little nervous going in the first one, not directed by Wes, but I had uh, high hopes with Radio Silence. I really like what they're doing. I think it's fun to bring in new, fresh people. But then again, it's like Scream 5, man. Do we really need it? But did we really need Scream 4? And it turned out better than Scream 3. So going with an open mind, I think it's sort of lazy to just be like, uh you know well he billy had a kid you know and we somehow no one knew about it but i mean it's sort of the halloween 2 thing where it's like you know michael had a sister and john carpenter he was handed a boatload of money to write halloween 2 so he drank he didn't want he wanted to be done with it yeah he he drank a six-pack of beer you know and and made Lori the sister and, and it changed history but they of course this whole meta thing they go back and we have this requel and it's like Let's retcon that he's no longer the the they're no longer siblings. But that's what I think I love about Scream is that it's so consistent. Like even the worst Scream, Scream Three, which I think is universally just accepted as the worst, is still not that bad. It's never reached Halloween Resurrection levels or Freddy's Dead or you know um, uh, Jason Goes to Hell. Like I, I love those movies, but it's never reached at an all time low. Um, the and and we're still going. Like these are all canon. They've never really retconned anything in these movies, which right. I think is is really says a lot about them. You know. Uh, and it's crazy to think like Scream Four didn't do well enough to get an immediate sequel. Here we are, Scream Five, in the middle of a pandemic and theaters only, and it and it did awesome. It took out Spider Man finally, and it's mm-hmm. right. You know, it's making we boatloads chalk of money. one up for horror. Yes, yeah, you know? yes. I'm, I'm totally happy that it's doing good because I mean, I I've never seen a movie where I've walked out of it and I don't know what to think about it. Like I I did not know what to think about this film. I didn't hate it. But I didn't absolutely love it either. So it was kind of a weird feeling because usually it's one or the other. I either fucking love it or I'm like, I just don't, you know, like. You, you don't care to see it again. Well, I don't know if it's because, I mean, obviously I've never watched as many movies as Tad has because he's crammed them all in. But like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I've been doing this for a while, man. I've been watching movies for a very long time. And I just sit there and I think about this stuff. And my mindset has probably changed. I've also... I tend to compare stuff. I don't want to compare it, but I, I automatically go back to certain things. And I also do a, I have a real problem of editing in my head. I will edit films and I will try to think of better ways to do certain, certain scenes. 
And a lot of the times I come up with something and I'm like, well, why didn't you do that? Like, and you can't do that. That's, that's not plausible. You shouldn't watch movies that way. But for some reason, I, I don't know if I was supposed to be an editor or something, uh, but I start picking pieces apart and I'm like, well, that line of dialogue doesn't work there. Like, why are we doing this? And I'm, that's I don't know. It's horrible. And it, it just, I don't know, but uh, evil dies tonight. It really does. <laughs> no, God. Fuck. <laughs> Oh god! <laughs> I don't know. No, I I, yeah. I really liked it, but man, um, you know, I, and I think maybe, like you said, the uh, performances just go around. It feels like the one inconsistency in this franchise is sort of the Dewey character. Like one movie he has a limp and he's really Barney Fife. The next movie he's a little more serious and doesn't have the limp. And this time he's like a hundred percent serious. No more. Uh, he, he's more of a tragic character that's gone through a divorce and he has an alcohol problem and he's been told he needs to, you know, retire because of his his uh, issues. And we see him living this recluse life in a trailer and he's got a, a shrine to his sister with her ashes. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a really tortured character. He's watching his ex-wife on TV. Um, yeah. You know, they, they turned him from, you know, the evolution of Dewey has gone full circle. But it, it, I, right. it, and luckily, I'm too ignorant to, like, put two and two together until it happened where I'm like, it, after he died, I'm like, of course, like they were they, they of course, they made us they made him way more sympathetic. So when it happened, it's super sad because we thought we lost him in uh, was the it movie. Scream? Scream was this well, every movie? But the, Scream, Scream one, two, and three. But the the time he uh, <laughs> got stabbed in the recording studio, that seemed like the you know, Scream two, yeah, yeah that yeah. that was the like I thought for sure he was dead. He had blood spraying out of his mouth. You know, um, that was the time dying to his iconic Western music, right? Know? Yeah, and so you know to bring him back and and to have him officially, it, it was heartbreaking. But I, that's what they went for. You know, it's not well, like a, I'm mad at the movie for doing it. You had yeah. to, you had to have it the, up the stakes. This is serious. This, this really happened there was going to have to be a legacy killer character that died and I, right I, I really felt it was going to be dewey finally because look at the guy who full circle started off as a doofus not respected dorky character finally gets everything he wants you know in the last movie scene he's actually the sheriff of woodsboro married the girl that he wanted he went out you know, as a hero stuff and then he yeah and then he lost it all and now he gets to go out as a hero so it's kind of well, like it was his old... redemption story definitely it was redemption because yeah. you know he kind of lost his job lost his ways and he was like no one's going to help these guys if, if I don't help. And so I've got to be involved somehow. And uh, that probably was the cop in him too. Like he, he, he's been sitting around and he, he can't just sit there and watch Gale anymore. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things that it, it does perplex me though. Like with Sydney, you, you've got kids, you, you've got a family. Um, you know, I don't think if Dewey had died, she would have not come back. I, I don't see a reason for her to come back. Um, you know, even if other people were dying, she had no connection anymore. Everyone was gone in that town. And so Dewey's still there. And, you know, I just felt like, though, I, I thought about this, too. Why not show those characters on their own for a while? You know, have Gail doing her, you know, her uh, her a little behind the show, scenes yeah. TV show where she's at for now. a while yeah. and meet uh, Sydney's family and kind of kind of spread these things out a little bit, especially if. I, I, it kind of confused me because you're you're sitting there and you're saying, okay, well, we're not going to focus on the legacy characters. Well, I mean, you kind of did, like, yeah, you have to. So, how are you going to do that? And so, like, trying to do that story with, you know, how, um, what's her name again? Uh, it's um, Tara. Jenna Ortega. So, Jenna Ortega. Yeah. So having Tara, I mean, she was she's not a bad actress. It, it, it's just. 
kind of like, you know, her story felt it was definitely the more well-rounded story. And, yeah. you know, the, the boyfriend was kind of the, the, the comedy relief. And uh, it was kind of disappointing that he was the killer, too. I was like, dude, I kind of like that guy. Like, he was kind of cool and everything. And all right, he's a killer or right, whatever. That's fine. But you barely got to know any of the others. And, you know, Randy's, uh, you know, cousin or whatever that whole thing is, she was great. Like, I, I love that. No, nobody's, nobody's cooler than Mindy Meeks. Uh, Ray, right. Randy's <laughs> niece. You got the twins, but Mindy Meeks is like the best character of the whole fucking I, movie. I, I, yeah, I loved her. Dead. I mean, she's, I mean, she's the horror nerd that we relate to in every movie. You know, we have, right. was, in fact, when you see yeah. them in the living room and they're reenact, they're doing that whole thing, talking about holy shit is a fucking requel. And you're looking, there's a box set of stab movies yep. sitting up there. I'm like, this is us. This is us with yep. our movie box sets and <laughs> yep. shit, sitting there talking about what's what. What we're and doing what literally feel, right now on a on a podcast yeah. talking about it. You know, that's exactly right. You know, and I'm like, see, boom. I mean, here we go. I mean, the, the whole Randy shrine was a little bit top, and I had a feeling we was going to see Randy's sister come out eventually too, because I heard she was in the movie. But I'm like, yeah, I mean, that that. I, I really liked Mindy Meeks. Totally one of the best characters in the movie. Well, didn't um, Randy's sister come like bring them snacks when they were sitting in there having that meeting? Right. Yeah. She did. That's what I'm saying. When she popped tape out. Of, of Randy. Yes. Doing that little, uh, which that kind of felt a bit uh, gimmicky to to just oh he happened to record something if he died and he's going to explain the rules to them in the third one like okay that's fine like we'll we'll do it because I'm happy to see you know uh, Jamie in the the movie but it's like. Ah, uh, it's. Oh God, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's... we live in small town Iowa. Me and Blake do, so it's like, it's part of me is like, you know, does everybody in this movie have to be related to an original, you know, a Randy or a Stu or a Billy? But if, if you live in a small town like Woodsboro, then the chances are pretty high that you know the, right. the, the nieces and nephews of these people are going to be that age, and they're you know they're going to be related. Um, and to bring them back to that house and, you know, that's, that house is almost a character of itself, you know, when you, when it is revealed, when they pull up to get the inhaler and it's like, oh fuck, it's at this house. Uh, which was Amber's house. And she was like, right. oh, I kind of became obsessed with these movies after my right. parents bought this fucking house. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's, yeah. it's weird that, uh, like we, we saw Sydney coming home in a way in the third movie, you know, that was, that was what was really cool about the third film and that scene where she's at the lot. And you the, know, and the, how, the, the house sets, yeah. Yeah, and she's doing yeah. this stuff. And uh, the whole mom talking to her, the ghost of the mom, I, I don't really care for that angle of that film. It got it got annoying. Um, you know, Is it the, the, throwing... white, the white horse of uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2? Yeah, very true. Yeah, I mean... Well, you think about it, though. She that, that scene had to look spot on because if Roman was the killer, Roman's the one that set all that up. Roman claimed, claimed he killed her. You know, that fucking had to haunt Sydney a little bit by seeing those visuals spot on because the guy who's directing this movie is the guy who actually created this scene. You know, so that's kind of dark. I I agree the whole ghost of her mom was kind of like, eh. But I I do like that scene in the house because, like, I I feel, like, sentimental for Sydney having to see that again. Oh, yeah, it was, was, uh, you know... It was sort of crazy to see like Ghostface chasing her back through the uh, set of the house and and seeing her like what things in the house were real versus props and and that that minus was, that fucking Creed poster. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I mean the the cringe, <laughs> the, the, the weird cringy like music stuff and the and some of the like type. I mean they even did in this is almost uh you know it's it's like part of it's like ugh, but it's also like a timestamp on our our you know generation like it's a reminder that of a time that has come and gone 
you know, even like looking back at the the original. I mean, look at Courtney Cox bangs in part three. I mean, oh, shit, yeah. you know, it haunts shit, me to this day. Right, shit like that. You haunts know, that's me. at the time no one questioned it. Now we look back and we're like, what the fuck was she thinking? So you know, I watched that right. film even when the I the red streaks. I hate her. I loved her red streaks. Keep her hair the way it is. I loved part two's hair. I don't know why I was mm-hmm. fixated with her hair, but when I saw three, I was like, first of all, your bangs are terrible. And why are you wearing a banana suit? Like, and <laughs> you got hell, your banana who, camera. Who the hell gave her a haircut? Was it Edward Scissorhands? <laughs> I have fucking no idea, but it was brutal. I think right around that time, I, I've been listening to um, the Gorley and Russ podcast. Uh, they don't need my plug because their podcast is huge, but it's two comedians and they pick horror franchises and they've been going through a scream. And they are older. They're they're in their forties, and they were saying like right around that time um, that Betty Betty Page was like a big thing. Like had a mm-hmm. new documentary, like a new film that came out about her, and was like uh, sort of you know a big piece part of culture again, and might have been an influence on like whoever cut her hair was like oh go for like a Betty Page like bangs look. And I mean, if you think about like the Friends cast, they all had like you know they all look look back at 90s like you know they they all had haircuts of the time and looks of the time you know and i don't know it's just i a... I, I think i don't know if it's just consistency for me but like if i would have if she would have had the same hair for some reason it still would have felt like that gail weathers i felt like this is a new version because she was all the characters acted different and because it was more of a com- comedy um, Sydney was the only one that had the same sort of colors and she actually used the same almost wardrobe from part two, uh, in part three. Um, I mean, she had the necklace that she got from her boyfriend, you know, there, there was the, uh, um, the, uh, little piece of paper on, uh, what is it? The cork board from when she did the performance in the theater. Uh, there was all these little nods to scream too. And, and that was a really nice little attachment. Um, so that kind of held those two things together for two and three, but I think uh, going just going back though to five, it, it just or whatever, redo or re, whatever we're, we're calling this film. <laughs> we can call it Cream Baby. Yeah, we, yeah. I mean, I loved you know a movie could not. Thank God Roger Jackson is still alive. Um, you know, you would have to definitely mimic that voice if you're ever gonna if he does pass away or something. Just happened. buy a voice changer, Blake. Um, well, yeah, yeah. There, yeah. <laughs> Give yeah, Ron his voice true. changer from Scream Three because he had everybody's fucking voice. Right, everybody's yeah. Easy. And that that was the that was the clever thing too is they introduced that in three that was kind of cool and they had cut the scene that was the dumbest actually, thing ever how the fuck well, did he have that tech I mean yeah, well, that, it's impossible <laughs> but I I find it you know kind of intriguing that they added that though it's like oh okay we're right gonna do that. he can mimic everyone's voice and it's fine but whatever um but do we do I, we go on to talk about one of the best things about Scream Five is the fact that the Weinstein's are not involved with this movie yeah yes. <laughs> And that, well, I mean, we can you know? blame the Jay and Silent Bob thing on them. We can ba- blame pretty much all the bad things we don't like in uh, three and all the franchise on the wine scenes um, because fuck them. And it's easy to ju- let's just say it's all them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But you know that the Jay and Silent Bob thing uh, with dimension, that was absolutely no, no joking. That absolutely had to have been a wine scene thing where they're like, uh, let's let's try to throw these guys in. The kids really like them right now. It's like. Yeah, cringy stuff. But um, well, that's why all the adults—they were all adults in that movie too. You didn't have any killing of kids, right? You know, due to the call of mind situation. And you know, I think that also—you know—it was a grown-up version, you know, of Scream. I get that, but I, I think where Scream Four, what they did, what was great is it kind of let that Woodsboro breathe a little bit. Like it was kind of the town. You kind of moved around. You had a cinema club. You were at the school. You were at the fountain. You were all these different locations where the newest film 
kind of felt a little closed off at times. You know, it, it didn't the best really... cast to Scream One and Scream Four totally. And Scream Four felt like Scream One a lot when it comes to stuff like that. You're you're absolutely yeah. right. So I mean, I I don't know. I, I'm happy the movie got made. I don't know if we needed it to be made. I, I felt like those characters had a proper send off in the in the fourth one. You know, Sydney we know is a badass. You know, she's gonna do her thing and. Uh, you know, Gail and Dewey, you know, still weren't completely happy, but it is what it is, and you left the characters, and poor fucking Judy, like, god damn it. I, I just don't... I Her character seemed a little better this time. It wasn't as hokey, because uh, she was the sheriff, but it, I mean, they barely had her in the movie. It was just kind of... Right. Just well, I'm people. glad they did bring her back, just oh, because yeah. there was not really any other connection to Scream 4, and I want to make... I like that they've made sure that all the films are canon and referenced, you know. Um, well, right. And, yeah, I mean, you could literally, if you didn't, uh, other than watching the first Scream, you, I guess, technically could just watch the first one in this, I suppose. Like, I mean, if you were to kind of no, just... No, you gotta watch it, them all. No, I'm saying right. if you had hey. never seen them, though, and you could probably get through this film without questioning too many things. Well, I think, yeah, hey, I, that's the whole... Th- I don't that's know, the really. Re- the recall argument, the whole thing yeah. they talk right. about. Yeah. So and I, and I feel this is going to be the end of the legacy characters for us for sure. We're not going to see Sydney or Gail pop up and see maybe some mentions or whatever, but that yeah. that's going to be it for them. That that's it. One legacy character died off. Two ish. They call you know Judy a legacy character, but really she was in fucking one movie that came out ten years ago. Yeah. And you know Which they kept trying to get the legacy ago, characters wow. their moment. Yeah, still. But it's not like fucking Star Wars thirty something odd years later or some yeah. shit like that when. You have the legacy characters being introduced, and it's like that's kind of an epic moment right there. And they kind of was trying to do that again with these legacy characters with the epic turnaround and their music playing. It's like, okay, Scream Four really wasn't that long ago, guys, you know. But that's it, and it's going to be a handing of this was a passing of the torch to this new cast of survivors, you know, whether yeah. you like them or not. I, I think the younger market really likes this cast though, because they they're it's their scream now. This is the scream of their generation. So they grew an attachment with this cast of survivors, I feel. Well, they, you know, so now you go ahead, Ted. No, I was just going to say in that instance, you're right. But um, and going back to what Blake said, I think they, they sort of fucked up and by killing the West character, because like, to, I, I don't, uh, maybe I'm just um, out of touch, but it seems, you know, him being like the star of 13 reasons why and being sort of the face, like I, I imagine he brought in a ton of young girls who, and, and some, probably some guys too, that just recognize him. And then you kill him off without really giving him much of a story. Um, but then again, I honestly Drew, I had no idea who he was. But I, then again, they did that, that with before. they did Drew that Barrymore. with Drew Barrymore too. So uh, maybe that's what right. they is on that one. They throw a, a a bigger star in only to be stabbed. Right, and, because you know, there you go. They don't kill Tara right at the beginning of this. Like we think it, this is the first one where the, the yeah, first yeah the first girl the opening survived. Thing. Yeah, I was I was pretty surprised. A bold move, but like. I like it, you know. Uh, it seems strategic, though, at the same time. Like, wow, she's stabbing the shit out of her. She's breaking her leg or whatever. It's like, was this? Because, I mean, obviously, Jill beat the shit out of herself. Right. You know? Like, well, I mean, if you're going to make it look good, you got to sell it well. So I was thinking, like, man, If you maybe, look at the plan, you know? if the killers have this this huge plan. So their their whole thing was, okay, we need to get, um, you know, I was I would assume, like, Richie um, basically, you know, started dating. Tara, and then Amber. you know you've got Amber over here. Or Sam, 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 Sam. I'm sorry. And Richie Amber Sam. Tara is the younger sister. Oh, is she? Yes. Okay, yeah, sorry. Sam's, so you got, Sam's you got, Richie's. You got friend. Richie trying to date Sam or whatever, 
Um, and, uh, you know, they are dating for a while. Okay. So it's like, this is ridiculous if he's like planning this, this far in advance. And then, okay, how do we get her back to Woodsboro? All right, let's go ahead and let's call over Amber, which is my, you know, my, my killer buddy. And, you know, she's going to fuck her up a little bit, send her to the hospital. That'll get her back. So we bring that back. And now, okay, we want the legacy characters back. How, how do we do that? Like, you know, and it was kind of weird because Dewey wouldn't have joined if, you know, uh, they hadn't asked his help, which the, you know, I right. don't know if um, Richie said something to her to like get, get, you know, Dewey involved. Like, I don't really know. Well, what they knew Salute in Woodsboro really when they were having that meeting on the stat, when they were looking over the stab movies and stuff, you know, yeah. like, how can we, you know, we're going to get somebody that's been through this that knows this. And yeah, Dewey's still here in Woodsboro. So maybe he'll help us out or whatever. So, I mean, I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like let's, let's, if you're going to kill people, I get it. Like scream two was a lot like that too. Like Sarah Michelle Geller was one of those things where she was, Oh God, it's Sarah Michelle Geller. It's Buffy. She's in this film. Oh shit. She's dead already. CC's gone. You know, well, like, I mean, look at the opening of four. They, they went through a plethora of famous actresses in the fake openings, you know? Yeah. Right. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I, I, mean, I love the, the beginning of four. Yeah. That's great. So I mean, it's just, I think it's also, it's hard for me too to review a movie. I think I've only seen once too. Cause usually I have to really like get in that movie. Cause I, I saw it once and I'm like, I'm trying to remember shit. Cause I'm just like, Oh yeah, that, that happened. And then this happened and you know, but I, I think um, I'll enjoy it more as I watch it. I, I think it's one of those things where you just have to start just, getting yourself and you'll notice small things or you'll appreciate things more, or you may not, you know, you may dislike something worse than you thought, but um, I feel like they have new ground to continue this series now with the money it's making, um, which is great. Cause I don't know. I'm shocked that I don't, I'd like to know what the budget, like the box office results were scream five or not scream five, but scream the, the, three. It was a, Oh, Scream 3, yeah. Like Scream 3 to see if those compared to Scream 4's budget, or not budget, but box office, to see why. I don't get, maybe Scream 4 just came out at the wrong time. Yeah, it, it's, it, yeah, that's just it. It flopped, yeah, and it was total bad timing. Like I said, I didn't see that in the theater either. I didn't realize, realize that movie was coming out. I'm like, oh my God, they're doing this. I, I bought it when it came out the Blu-ray. I'm like, fuck, I love this movie. Well, it was it was hokey. A lot of it was kind of hokey. I think I saw there. it with you in theaters, Blake. Yeah, and I mean, I I that was the thing where this when you remember the first Scream, you didn't really have that much comedy. You had some small witty conversations between Gale and Dewey. You had moments of just little I mean, silliness. Randy, but it, yeah, Randy was. Yeah, sort but of... it didn't take you out of the movie. It, no. it made you invested in the film. And Scream Two was like that too. They had some some funny little moments, but you, it was more of a serious tone film. And then when three started, it kind of started this comedy trend and led into the fourth one. And you're just like, I don't need this. Like these people are fucking dying here. Like if we're going to take this seriously and, and people are, are, you know, going to be knocked away and you have main characters that could get killed. Let's be real for a second. And let's not joke every five fucking seconds about something because I'm going to lose, lose interest or not care about that character. If you're making jokes. And that's why I think, yeah, as we said earlier, Dewey was much more of a of a realized character this time. Like he had some depth. He had lost everything. And you were like, oh, man, Dewey, you could do this. Let's go. And like you felt something when he died. You know, he wasn't being hokey. You know, well, like, you knew he was going to die when he said, oh, I got to go back and shoot him in the head. Though. Yeah, like, oh, this is shoot him in the head from the elevator door. Right. Like, how did he have yeah, to go exactly. all the way get, get, Don't get within striking range, Dewey. You know better. But um, and when they start playing his his iconic music and this and yeah, that, like, OK, this is going to get his. Yeah. 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 
Um, I have two quick things before we go to uh, take a quick break and come back with trivia, but um, just because I have them in my notes, I didn't want to forget them. I thought it was pretty clever um, several months ago when this was announced as just being called Scream. Um, they sort of went to Kevin Williamson and they said, you know, why not Scream 5 or 5 Cream or, you know, uh, <laughs> Scream Again or Scream Returns or any, you know, why just Scream? And he said, um, I, he said, it will, pl- there will be a reason why you'll know when you watch it. And I love that, like, while I was watching it and, you know, they do the whole requel thing and it's very meta where it's like, you know, okay, we're in the requel, like we're watching the requel where we brought back these original characters. I mean, it's just, you know, it's Halloween all over again. Yeah. It makes, yeah. it makes me think if they do continue it on, then the sequel is going to be called Scream again, though, because I thought about that or Screams with an S, like aliens. Something, right. Yeah. Um, or <clears throat> the, the Scream or something, but. Um, right. We're, the Final Destination trend thing, whatever. Final Destination, the Final Destination, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, and, and the only other thing I was I, I noticed, um, and I'm sure you guys did right away, when Sydney is talking to Dewey, they, they she mentioned Mark. So apparently she, is mar- she had kids with Mark, yeah. the, the cop from Scream 3? I don't right. know. Uh, she, so well, she says no, Mark? Well, I don't know if she says Mark. I don't she, know if she, Mark is the actual husband. It was rumored that she was originally supposed to be married to Patrick Dempsey's character from Scream 3. Which is Mark, yeah. but Mark it, Kincaid, yeah. Yeah. Right. But, but she it was said, never confirmed that that's who it was. Did she say Mark? She does. She mentioned well, it in this movie. Okay. All right, then. There okay. we go. There's the Scream there 3 reference. So that's so sort of cool. So can come back. So that and Martha. Those were the two that were from Scream 3, I guess, if we're going to yep. connect dots. Yep. And I think they mentioned that her dad's dead, too, or something like that. He's, that he maybe he's been, passed away. I was going to say, he's got to be the the worst dad in history, right? I mean. Right. Yeah. He's always one on flight. I mean. <laughs> just like just like, Dude, just like Sam Matera's dad you know, or mom flying away in London, yeah. you know, whenever fucking crazy just shit's going on. Right. What the Why fuck are you fly doing? Back to, your daughter's in the hospital. Where the fuck are you at now? Get back to America. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just lackluster parents in the whole franchise. Um but let's take a quick break to hear from the Prescribed Film Podcast Network. I have a little bit of trivia, and I also want to do our rankings, so we'll be right back. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Okay, before we get into trivia, which there's quite a bit here on IMDb, um, which not surprising because it's a screen movie, but um, I guess we'll just go around and do our quick rankings. Um, I'll just go ahead right off the start. Mine's pretty simple. I have one, two, four, five, and three. Um, I love to, to me, the opening with Stab in the theater is iconic, uh, right up there with the first movie. I love Scream 2, um, 4. I have a lot of fun with, even like I've, I've said a million times during this episode, even the worst Scream movie is still a lot of fun. But um, Blake, how would you rank the Scream movies? Well, it's, it's, it's funny because I think I've watched Scream 2 more than any of the other films. I, I, just, I, I wore that VHS out to the point it was ridiculous. But I'm obviously going to say... Uh, one, two, it's, it's, it's hard because I don't know if four is next or five is next. Cause it's kind of, but I'll say four was a, was a, a better well-rounded story. 
Um, and then I'll go to five, and then three is my last. All right, Gary. All right. Well, if you follow me on Instagram at scarygarykc, I did a video right the day before Scream 5 released ranking my the four movies that were out at the time. So from worst to first, and this is going to be including Scream 5 now, which is kind of hard because I don't know quite yet really where I want to put this in the ranking because I feel like I need to see it a few more times. It's still new. It's get a better still new. Yeah, you're going to get a better idea when you own it. But as of right now, from worst to first, you got to go with Scream 3, 2, Scream 5, Scream 4, and the ultimate movie is Scream 1. Right on, right on. I uh, I put it out in the ether, uh, the internet, and I had people uh, call in and let me hear the rankings or what they thought of the new movie. So uh, let's hear from Abe Kirshner real quick. What up, Tad? It's Abe from the Brent and Tony with Ash and Abe podcast. I actually just finished watching the first four back-to-back yesterday as of recording this message. And I missed two and three somehow in my and when they came out. So I just watched them for the first time. But my ranking would be one is obviously number one. The first one's the best. Followed by number four was amazing. I like that one a lot. Then it would be three. And two, I think, is my least favorite. That's just because... I don't know. It felt like they were doing too much and they lost a little bit of their their funny meta-ness, but it was still enjoyable overall. I have yet to see the fifth one. I plan on getting that this week. Um, anyway, thanks for having me. Bye. Interesting. So he has two as last place right now. I, I can't wait to hear what he thought of five. And then uh, we'll <laughs> hear from Brett real quick. Hey, First Time Podcast, it's Brett from Brett and Tony with Ash and Hayes, here to tell you about the first time I saw Scream. Uh, my dad showed it to me back in uh, probably 97, whenever I first hit VHS. A uh, uh, little backstory, he hates horror movies, absolutely fucking hates horror movies. Uh, he's never liked them, still doesn't like them. Uh, and uh, like even now, uh, like many times we've had conversations about horror where he's trying to pick my brain as a horror guy. Uh, on why people even like this genre, you know what what uh, what what about this genre people even enjoy watching? Uh, but uh, yeah, Scream just kind of snuck through that, and uh, man, he absolutely loved it. And uh, the next time, I think he probably run it on a Tuesday when movies used to come out uh, on on video. And uh, I think by Friday when I went back out to his house, he he said, uh, "You have to watch this movie." To me and my older brother, he said sit down on the chair on chairs right now we're watching this shit uh and this movie is gonna blow your mind and guess what it fucking did <laughs> so uh thanks uh and i believe uh a couple days after this comes out uh we will be having a podcast uh on that wednesday uh about screen five uh where i'll give my ranking on all of the screen movies all five of them so thanks uh and uh we'll chat with you guys later all right, so Brett Smart, he put a plug into his own podcast to hear his rankings. Um, <laughs> I, I got to respect that. You know, go yeah. li- go listen to his podcast to hear it. So um, Brett and Tony with Ash and Abe is on the Prescribed Film Podcast Network that you just heard about. But uh, there's a lot of fun trivia, so I'll start off with some of that. Um, David Arquette, who is a certified Bob Ross painting instructor, taught several of the cast members how to paint like the legendary artist during filming breaks on the set of Scream 5, which I love the idea of, like, the cast and crew sitting around learning how to paint like Bob Ross through David Arquette. He seems like a, such a cool dude. Oh yeah. Have you met him, Gary? 
David Arquette? Yeah. Absolutely not. I haven't honestly. I have not met a single person from the Scream cast. That all. surprises me. It seems I, I feel like you've met a lot of uh, horror horror actors. So. Yeah, no, I have not. You know, and they're like one of those cast members that's like, oh, let's all pile up, you know, and do like one of those expensive photo shoots together. I'm like, yeah, I just can't do that for certain people. But yeah, no, I haven't met them. Nobody from the movie. Sadly, one day maybe. Okay, when Scream Five was released on January fourteenth, twenty twenty two. It will have been 25 years, 25 days since the original film, which came out December 20th, 1996. Sort of cool little uh, tidbit there. Um, obviously, this is the first screen movie not directed by Wes Craven, who passed away in August of 2015 from cancer, but this film is dedicated to him. Um, Dimension Films lost the rights to the Scream franchise that they had since the first movie in 1996. Lantern Entertainment and Spyglass Media Group bought the rights to some Dimension franchises, including Scream, Scary Movie, and Children of the Corn. Um, the film's distributor, Paramount, had gained the distribution rights for the first Scream films when it purchased a minority stake in Miramax in April 2020. Uh, Paramount is also a sister company to MTV, which aired the Scream TV series. Uh, did you guys watch the TV series? Yeah. I, I did not. I, no. I watched the first two episodes, and I hated that fucking mask. And then I saw later on that they brought it to VHS and they changed the ghost face to the actual mask. I'm like, yeah, I no, I, I haven't. I, I just could never get into those serious things or whatever. I haven't even played any video games with ghost face in it either. So that's, which is odd for me. I too. was going to say that's surprising because you're the gamer. But I watched the first yeah. season and I started the second season, sort of fell off. And then they rebooted it with the third season, which was completely unrelated to the first two when they brought back the ghost faith mask. And I liked the third season. So I still haven't watched right. that, that new uh, season. I've got it. I downloaded it a long time ago, but I'd never, I watched that first episode. It had some Candyman uh, references and stuff in it, which I thought that was kind of cool, but it just felt, um, it, 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 it's gotta be better than the second, uh, season. Of, yeah. Of I couldn't finish series, that, but, but three, I thought it was, it was interesting. They filmed it and then it sat on the shelf for like two years and then they put yeah. it, they, instead of releasing it episodically, they released it as a Halloween special and put all the episodes on MTV at once. Um, so they sort of just set themselves up for failure and dumped it out. But, uh, yeah. I, I think it's pretty good. It's, it doesn't at all hold up to the movies, but, um, the more ghost face in my life, the better. Um, right yeah so, so this is an interesting one samara weaving from ready or not um was approached to be in the film but she was unavailable due to scheduling conflicts with the nine perfect strangers so um we could have had samara weaving i don't know what she would have played um but you know she's sort of their girl now since ready or not so maybe in a, if they if they come back and do more or i don't know but it would have been interesting to see her in this i love her um to avoid any potential plot details from being leaked to the public, several different versions of existing scenes in the film were shot, along with multiple versions of the actual script being written, as plot details being leaked by cast and crew members was famously been a problem with the franchise. The most notable being Scream 2, which had to be almost mm -hmm. entirely rewritten when an extra leaked the script to the public. I was going to say, Scream 2 is the, the movie that pretty much created the script like leaks to like the internet-ish, whatever was out at the time, you know? Yeah, exactly. I actually just learned was, that a couple of months ago, actually. I'd say it's Scream 2, the original killers, uh, were still Mickey, I believe, and then it was going to be uh, her Billy's roommate. Mom. Oh, the, yeah, the black girl or whatever. The yeah, there might have been three. There might have yeah. been, Debbie Salt might have still been part of that. Um, no, but... it was just going to be, yeah, Mickey and her as like psychotic okay. people. Okay. And just like in 
uh, Scream 3, the original killer was actually going to be the chick who's playing Sydney in the movie because she was yep. Judy's character, like who sat in her next to class and never got noticed or whatever. And so mm-hmm. she's like, fuck this bitch. You never noticed me and I liked <laughs> you. I'll kill you. Yeah. Yeah. Very Scream 4, sort of, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, the new cast members have all stated that Radio Silence, the directors, um, was extremely secretive about the true ending of the film during production to the point where none of the new cast knew the final outcome as explained here. This was likely done to avoid the leaks that, that affl- afflicted Scream 2. So, um, yeah, sort of the same what we just talked about. They, they were just very uh, secretive about the ending, especially now with everything. I mean, I, I know um, after I saw the movie, I, I've had to sort of unfollow some fi- some uh, Instagram pages that sort of had been on the set i had heard and they were taking pictures of the house and stuff and i'm glad that i avoided that but you know everything gets leaked so fast now that's Uh, crazy it does it's insane uh the working title for scream 5 was parkside alpha so like when they're shooting they they use a sort of uh working title so that people who are wandering around the set might you know not know what it is you know just to sort of uh throw the scent off i guess um let's see heather maserato reprises her role of randy's younger sister martha meeks introduced in scream 3 who is the mother to main Morsboro teenager characters chad and mindy meeks martin so just uh not really trivia just sort of fun little um you know throwback to scream 3 when we see her which her 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 uh small cameo in scream 3 is just really ridiculous like Yep. shows up on the set of a movie with a vhs tape like hey guys i thought you might want to see this uh anyway see ya i mean uh, her name's even on the uh trailer yeah like, what, what is she there yeah i mean i assume she was just there to uh work with the knowledge was she like of, a consultant um, like dewey i think she was yeah. i think she really was yeah um in dewey's trailer there was a featured rose and memorial placard for tatum dewey's sister and sydney's best friend who was a victim in the original scream and the character to name the iconic getup of the killer from father death to ghost face so uh, i thought that was really sweet that you know we got a little nod to tatum which we haven't seen you know yeah that was gonna say we have yet to see any kind of tatum like references in any of the movies and I you can't help but to notice that her ashes from the get go right there. I'm like, oh look, it's Tatum's ashes. And there's that fun little scene where she, the, the other girl, has to go in the basement to get the beer, and it's like, oh, this is mm-hmm. a, a Tatum, you know, throwback. This is cool. And they had right. uh, Rose McGowan play um, a young uh, Maureen Prescott in those photos that they had on Scream Three. Oh, that's right, in Scream Three, yeah, that was yeah. Rose yep. McGowan. <clears throat> Um, when Dewey first calls Sydney, he asks, how's Mark? Presumably Mark is Sydney's husband and is likely a reference to Detective Mark Kincaid, Patrick Dempsey's character from Scream 3, which, um, you know, I wanted to, I had in my notes earlier. I should have remembered I had that in a trivia, so I'm just repeating myself. Um, the new ensemble cast of characters connections to legacy characters are as follows. Um, this is like, like I said, a little bit... Um, sort of crazy so it's nice to hear it so samantha carpenter is the illegitimate daughter of billy loomis wes is the son of 2011 ghostface survivor judy hicks chad and mindy are the nephew and niece of the late randy meeks vince schneider is a nephew of Stu mocker and amber freeman lives in the mocker house on turner lane the only woodsboro high school teenager character in the film not to have a connection to an on-screen legacy character is Liv mckenzie 
though her surname seems to be a reference to Casey Becker's unseen neighbors in the original film, which is a reference to Halloween at the very beginning when uh, Casey's parents come home. He tells the husband tells the mom, I think, you know, go, go down to the McKenzie's. Right. Which is a, a Halloween <laughs> reference. And now we have a McKenzie live McKenzie. So, uh, you know, there's never like a wasted name in this franchise. Are you talking about uh, alone. H2O, H2O for the reference? No, Halloween. No, Halloween 1. Because they, they talk Strong. about... Okay, I'm just making sure. Okay. Yeah, Lori tells yes. uh, Lindsay Wallace. Tommy. Yeah, Tommy and Lindsay, you know, uh, do what I, do as I say. Go down, you know, run to the McKenzie's, uh, have them call the police. Yeah. And and they and That's what that. Casey's parents said, yeah. Right. Or, and, to, or Casey's dad said to her mom, take the car, go down to McKenzie's. Right. And if you watch my version of Scream that I made... After Wes Craven passed away, we reshot that opening scene here in my house. We we say that too, and I I, I play Ghostface and the mom in that. It's awesome. Is there somewhere to watch that? Yeah, if you go, if you like, what's the YouTube? Uh, Jill Six Scream. Okay. She she's labeled as the director of that. That's we, cool. It, it was a, a tribute we did for Slaughter Movie House. It was the, we was all sitting over here in my house watching like the VMAs or some shit when Wes Craven. Our phones went off that Wes Craven passed away. And Jill and I were sitting there texting each other all the next day, like, God damn, it's like, this is hitting harder than what I thought. And I'm like, let's fucking, let's do a tribute for Slaughter. Let's, let's reenact the opening scene to Scream. Little did we know, like, on how hard that was really going to be, because that scene actually took a long time to shoot. <laughs> we ended up chopping it way down and making do with what we had, because we only had four actors in it. I think six even plays Steve. Uh, my Jill plays Casey. I play the mom. My, our friend Eric Cool plays the dad. And then you got me as Ghostface. But it, it it's awesomely done with an iPhone six, but I mean, it's, it's fun to watch. <laughs> Excellent. The final piece I had, which we've already sort of mentioned, but um, there is a reference to Kirby Reed. Who's played by Hayden Panettiere uh, surviving the scene that involves YouTube. Kirby Reed was a character from screen four. So we see yeah, that, that uh, Kirby survived when they're watching that video. And, and I think those are real YouTubers, right? I don't, I don't know who they are. I'm not familiar, but Gary, you mentioned yeah. earlier. Yeah, Dead Meat. They have a show on YouTube. Uh, their channel's called Dead Meat. They do the kill count and stuff. James A. Janice and um, his girlfriend, I think, or wife now. I think her name's Chelsea or something like that. But their kill count is a lot of fun. It's a good way to, like, if you don't feel like watching the whole movie, like, definitely only watch the kill counts of movies that you've seen. And they basically go through the whole movie when somebody gets killed and they count out the body count at the end of it and this and that, male, female, or unknowns and this and that. It's it's a lot of fun and it kind of, you feel like you watch the whole movie after watching that episode, 15, 20 minute episode. All right. So free plug to dead meat. Um, if you didn't see him in this movie, you can get another plug. Um, but yeah, that wraps up the trivia and I've held you guys long enough. So Gary, I know that you have a strong social media presence. I've watched your countdown to scream. I've watched your toys and your movies and your memorabilia. Um, where can people follow you on Instagram and, and wherever on socials? Well, if you ever just want to follow me, um, I'm a, I'm a big Instagram junkie at scary Gary KC. Uh, my Twitter goes by the same name at scary Gary KC. And then if you ever want to throw down a game, I'm playing a lot of halo right now at scary Gary KC. It's all lowercase. You can't miss it. Yeah, we, we talked on the uh, you, I had you on the Mortal Kombat episode. You schooled me on like the history. And oh, man, like I had a lot of people write me and tell me like you could not have picked a more perfect guest for Mortal Kombat. So <laughs> nice. Um, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, of course. And then, Blake, you know, you're the one of the big reasons I even have a film podcast. You sort of made me uh, take them from just movies into like a, a lifestyle, I guess, um, with the collectors, uh, the collection and, and everything else. So. 
Um, I, I know that you don't really uh, post a whole lot on, on social media and you sort of stay away from that. But um, if you're ever in Burlington, you'll probably find me and Blake together watching a movie somewhere. Uh, it's a good time. Did you have any final um, thoughts on, on the film franchise or, or this movie or anything before we say goodbye? I was going to say something about the mask changing. Um, Go ahead. <clears throat> we, you know, we, we have the, the mask is, uh, is pretty close to like um, halfway through part one, because obviously the first uh, mask in part one uh, changes um, halfway through the movie. Cause that, that initial first mask definitely is not what you see. Um, I think you might see it like here or there, but there's two masks in that film. And uh, you'll see some reshoot masks that are definitely worse yeah, looking. Exactly. Uh, and part four had more of a, like a knife point um, with the, the base and the mask there, which was fine. I, I think we got more of a traditional um, scream mask, sort of like an in between from, you know, two and three and four. Like it just kind of tried to find an even place. Cause I remember two having more of a lip. It kind of really like dropped. Um, so I just, you know, they don't talk about mass changes so much with Scream because they're all somewhat similar. I mean, they're not as crazy as, uh, you know, Michael Myers' mask through oh, all the yeah. Halloweens. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of cool that they um, will touch it up here or there. And, um, you know, we still have... It's like Freddy's delivery. glove. It's basically the same, <laughs> yeah. but the, and, each and the glove sweater, has a little yeah. bit of difference to it. You know, yeah, there's a little bit of difference to it, you know, but for the most part, it's the same thing. But the welding might look different on the glove. You know, yeah. I'm glad they didn't go with that metal mask because I've read in, in some kind of like subreddit oh, or something like that. that there thing? was gonna, well, even before we saw that, like way oh. before when Scream for, first got announced, that there's a big rumor going around that they changed the mask. For sort Scream of chrome, was yeah, the, yeah, it was gonna be a chrome mask or whatever. Like, what the hell? And I think that was that was because they were shooting Stab Eight, you know. So right, I'm glad we didn't get that because when they showed that in the trailer, I'm like, ah. Is this kind of go face going to be like a little smarter, like doing crazy different things with the mask? Or I don't know but if I like that. Well, and that's another thing I didn't even think about. This was the fir first off two to, uh, I don't think I remember other than them holding the actual voice box up in part four, not part four, but it part was three attached to the um, costume. They had the, yeah, you could actually have Roger Jackson talking and that was great. It was clever. And I was just like, let's do that. Like I, I always thought that was a great thing because, and I do want to count that they they put him in the credits this time actually too. Yep, I noticed that. In too. the very in the very end credits, you know, when they give everybody their like face shot and this and that, and they show their names. He actually got his own card. Ghost, yeah, he had his own card. Thank you. Yeah. Um. Obviously, because I I don't know if Paramount bought Dimension like the name. But this was definitely weird to not see Dimension at the beginning of a Scream movie. Yeah, it just it's sort of like that. It's, it's like a, without a scroll it's at the beginning of Star Wars or something. You know? Oh, yeah, it's attached. And that was the concern I had when I was like, there's no way they're going to remove this from the Scream 4, like the 4K one. Um, there was no way they could do it because it's integrated into that film where it, it you know, it, it has to go with that music in the beginning. Like it's attached. So I was really happy that they were like, OK, we're not touching it because it's part of the film. Like it's. Right. That that's that dimension film opening is everything when it comes to scream and it's it's weird not to see it but it is what it is. I, I was mean, sad I mean, not to see that too. Yeah, it's just yeah. like it's it's weird, you know. It's like it's it's just part of it, and you don't think like a, a studio logo, but seeing like there was I think at least there's three at the beginning of this one, which is like usually we're used to just one. So yeah, yeah. I was just like, God, was it this hard to make this movie? Like, do we have to really like yeah, you know? I was get three of, different studios together. Yeah, 
Well, yeah, like, I mean, you know, it's fine. Uh, but, I'm glad uh, they didn't show the ghost face mask behind the, the title card, though, like they did in Scream 4. Like, uh, it wasn't yeah, horrible, that was, that was but that was kind that of was just cheap. like, okay, guys. It was like on. a screensaver. And, and the, the opening <laughs> yeah. music of that movie, too. The opening right. music of that movie. I was like, I, I, it's funny that you mention all this, too, because I watched Scream 4 again. I'm just like, every time I hear it, I'm like, like I'm the movie hasn't even fucking really started, and I'm like, all right. Yeah, but but <laughs> yeah. okay, they did use um, Red Right Hand in this, which was great. You know, yes. that's that's the song. It was interesting. They used it in like the car, the the like creeps car. Yeah, whenever was... Stu's nephew got killed. Yeah. Did they use Don't Fear the Reaper somewhere? I'm assuming they did. I didn't hear it, but it might have been somewhere hidden in there. I didn't hear okay. it. But uh, it's it's cool little throwbacks, you know, little nods. I'm sure there's a million. Once I see it again, I'll probably wait till it comes out on uh, 4K. I think there's actually a really nice steel book at Best Buy that looks really cool. I might have to order. Yeah, it's hard to find right now. The original uh, four, uh, Scream Four, the original one. Well, I'm talking five, like the new one. They already have oh. a pre-order out. Yeah, the original I didn't oh, okay. I didn't snag, and I know those sell out super quick now. I I still kick myself for not getting that or um, Halloween Same Kills. Same here. Yeah, because I feel like mind, I got so many copies of Scream. Yeah. Well, the Halloween oh Kills one, I went to Best Buy that day, and they didn't have anything out for it because I was right. going to get the, the steelbook of that just because I got the other Halloween steelbook. I'm not hard, hardcore into steelbooks. Certain movies I will, but I wanted the Halloween Kills one. And yeah. I'm like, oh, they didn't have it. And then I'll, next thing you know, the next day I see everybody posting theirs on Instagram. I'm shutting you bitches. Yeah, and people <laughs> throwing them on eBay, motherfuckers. Yeah, stupid. But yeah, man, I'm so glad I had two big Scream fans on here. I, uh, I'm i just stoked to sort of be able to talk about a new Scream. I'm stoked that it's doing good at the box office. Um, and you know that by the end of like this, I guarantee by February, we're going to have, you know, talks already. Uh, if not, if they aren't already announced, uh, we'll, we'll hear about a new Scream movie coming out here soon. You can't make that much money and, you know, avoid it. It's just how it is. Stu's mom's gonna be the killer in the next screen movie because her son got killed and she's tired of like they're not still Stu's mom, but Stu's sister. I, she's just okay. tired of people I, getting know, killed by Ghostface. I thought about this after I watched the film. I'm like, what what if they were to do uh, like a mid credit scene in Scream Five where Dewey wakes up from the hospital bed, oh, or, God, or the, no. you know, it's like, dude, he can't fucking die. Like, <laughs> that would have been like, hilarious. They did that. They did that with every film. At the end, you're like, oh shit, he's alive. Okay, all right. He was supposed to die in the first one, right? And then yeah, they he decided was, to yeah. keep him alive. He he was originally supposed to be dead. Yeah, and and was like, that eh. was another thing too. And I I almost forgot to bring this up, but it it one character I kind of felt that didn't get enough screened scream time, <laughs> good one, didn't like. get enough scream time, but uh, is um, Cotton Weary. Like I felt like yeah. you had that opening in part three, and I'm like I would have rather had even though he was you know getting to be a big actor at that point, but have him be you know more involved. Like I thought, dude, he's a good actor. Like let's use him. Like let's bring him. You know, I almost thought in Scream 4, I'm like, oh, maybe they'll have, uh, you know, Cotton Weary in this. And I was like, wait a minute, he's fucking dead. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I can also appreciate for the most part that um, when people die in these, I mean, that, of course, they have the rule of like, you know, you always have to put a bullet through their head. And, yeah. and, you know, we have Dewey who's been sort of killed, but it's like it's never been to the level of Jason or Michael where someone's head is removed and they, they come back. So, you know, I, I think, you know, they got to get away from expanding families i guess uh we can't just have uh niece's brother's cousin of you know, at some point in time everybody in woodsboro is going to have to know who the fuck's going on you know? right everybody exactly the way it is yeah so we but, well, that, one that thing we can't say change. yeah 
what one thing we can't say though is that this movie they create is like obviously we we see that this movie can continue to go on because who would have saw the fact that Billy had a kid? You know what I'm saying? I didn't even think about that at all or anything like that. I'm like, oh great, now they're gonna dig deep and like, well, how could this person have had a secret story and Scream's gonna fucking live on forever now somehow? Well, they're gonna have to uh, keep it a little bit more grounded going into the second one if they're gonna do this. They they can't uh, we can't have a whole like random things pop up anymore. Like it it, it we we had it pop up twice, so I don't. I think we need to get back to some sort of traditional, like, I don't know. We're going to have time travel, goddammit. <laughs> yeah. They're going to have to do Scream something. Scream in space. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> they could see Hellraiser and, uh, well, Pinhead and Leprechaun there, too. Be yeah. great. And Jason. Yeah. But, like, I, I, I hope that going forth, because they're going to have to make a sequel, and I hope that they, they actually put the time in to think about it, though. Like, really figure out, okay, what have we seen? What are people expecting? Okay, what can we do that's going to, you know, work really well? And how do we do this film series without that cast anymore? You know, like we said goodbye and it definitely felt like a goodbye. Like I was like, all right, you know, uh, Sydney came in. Hey, I'm going to kick some ass. All right, guys, I'm going to go back to my family. I'll see you guys later. Gail, have fun on your TV show. You know, sorry, Dewey. And, you know, they go back. But I just I think hopefully going forth that we start something different. We don't have to attach ourselves to, you know, the past anymore. So, you know, this is a great area to start fresh. And I was, I was hoping they'd have a little bit more freshness with this. Like it didn't have to, you didn't have to bring in Billy's like, you know, uh, daughter, but it's fine. Like it's a story. So I'm intrigued to see where we go from here, you know? So I will say this, the, the girl that came with us, the 16 year old, um, who's obsessed with this franchise after watching the MTV series when he popped up as, you know, the, the dark passenger, the ghost, like, I, I don't know if I've ever seen anyone react like that. Not even during like the, the move, the, the, what was it? Which of Avengers movie where, uh, you know, Thor and, and Cap- or Captain America picked up the hammer, like people, oh, yeah. out. you know, I'm thinking about all those major scenes and, you know, end game when, you know, it's like she was, this was her like end game. Like she, when she saw him, she lost her fucking mind. I was I, like a 16 year old is losing her mind after seeing Billy Loomis. Like I have faith that the next generation, you know, it, it can, that's can what I said. This is screen for the next generation right, right here. Like yeah. I said, right there. Yeah. I think you also. We all grew up watching these movies, loving them, and now these people are going to grow up watching these movies with their kids and explaining it to them, just like they explained in the movie. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I I, that's well, that's awesome though. Like that, that just reminds me of how I felt, you know, when I was that age. Because you, as you get older, you become more jaded with stuff. Oh yeah, you've seen a lot. You know, you you've seen all these twists and turns and possibilities, and then when you do see something you didn't expect, you're like, well, that's kind of shitty writing or whatever. Like you, you justify it, or you, you, you find a way to pick it. Yeah. You nitpick it and you don't want to nitpick it. You want to just enjoy the damn movie because, but you know, after you've seen so many, it's hard to have that childlike wonderment where you're just like, oh my God, it's Billy and it's him. Like, how did they make him look like that? I'm like, well, you know, CGI does wonders. And, you know, <laughs> you, you, you just become more rationalized with different things. And it, it's kind of sad. And I mean, I, I think about like, I mean, I, I'm curious to ask you guys, what was the last horror movie that wowed you? That just really shocked you? That's a big question. I don't know. It is. I mean, because I, 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 I see something new every year. That I was like, wow, that, that was better than what I thought or whatever. That got me, you know. I'm, fuck it. I'm trying to think because I was like, I, I love The Witch. I mean, you know, just for the story and everything behind it. I'm, but I'm trying to think legit. I think Get I mean, Out for me was big. 
Yeah, that yeah, Get Out was fantastic. That was uh, that crazy twist at the end. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I like the new stuff that we're getting. I will. I, 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 I'm, I'm going back to the '90s. Something like Blair Witch Project and shit like that. But I mean, uh, like, fuck, I don't know, dude. <laughs> I got. I got to yeah. look at my cat because, like, I, when you get asked that question on the spot, I know that's being, that's being why I did cine, it. Being a cinephile, you're going through all the movies that you've seen over the past two months alone. You know, it's like, hmm, hmm, hmm. but yeah, flipping through that rolodex in your head. Yeah, yeah it, it's hard. Yeah, it is hard. Easy. Like, I mean, a lot of it, it's it's funny to think, like, you know, in my head. I'm like, well, Halloween Kills, Candyman, like all these fucking sequels and requels. God damn it, man. Right. Well. I'm yeah, because Halloween that was one of those movies for me. That, yeah. Right. I loved it so much. Yeah. We'll see what happens with Freddy and Jason in the future if we're ever gonna I know how how I think we'll see I think we'll see a, a Jason movie more than we will see a Freddy. I, I feel how much does it reason. suck that well, we're yeah. like sitting here seeing a new screen movie and Freddy and Jason are sitting on the sidelines watching all these franchises yeah. make bank. Well they did like... have a long time to be, you know, in the the, the spotlight. You know, they yeah. there's a lot of movies under their belts and it's not that Freddy versus J- that's another movie. Freddy versus Jason was. I look back now, I'm like, God, this movie's really like cheesy. Like, oh yeah, it's, it's bad. It's horrible. But I saw it in the theater. I was like, Fuck yeah! Like freaking sweet, you know? Right. And, like, exactly. Finally seeing this, and yep. I'm like, What the hell is happening here? You know? And, like, there's such there's such weird things that happen to that film. But it's it's weird to sit there and say you you have a 16 year old watching a film and she's obviously has different movies under her belt that she's seen, or she just has that um, excitability, you know, at, at that age and to sit and watch a film or, or somebody saying that they had missed scream too. Right. And, you know, like yeah. that, and, and they just watched it now, which you're going to form a completely different opinion. I think about scream too, because I think about seeing in the theater, watching the VHS all the time. I bought it on widescreen because I was just into widescreen. So you have a memory attached to that film. So it's going to be completely different than someone's like, oh, shit, I forgot to watch this. Let's throw it in. Yeah, this movie's kind of shitty. I mean, <laughs> you know, and it's crazy. It just it depends on the individual. And that's why film is so unique, because it could be a complete shithole. And then someone else is like, dude, this movie's the greatest thing, you know, since sliced bread. I'm like, well, all right. <laughs> like, I am going to say this, and I'm pretty sure Tad needs to wrap up or whatever. But to the people that are that haven't really seen much of the Scream franchise or whatever, they want to see this newer movie. You really can get away with just watching Scream 1 and Scream 4 and then seeing this one. You can probably get by without seeing 2 and 3, though I suggest you watch all the Scream series leading up to this. But I feel like you could probably still just get away with watching Scream 1 and 4 and then seeing this. You can, but man, like five movies isn't that much to ask when people are binging, no. you know, TV series the way they are now. Exactly. Um, it's not like it's the Friday the 13th franchise. That's daunting. You know, Freddy, all those movies that have a dozen sequels, those are daunting. Halloween. Um, where, where it's pick your storyline at least that's what i'm saying like scream <laughs> yeah. is straightforward they're all canon they all follow each other you know we haven't yeah. retconned anything that's what i really do appreciate this it's still going strong five movies in when it you know it probably shouldn't but uh yeah man I, i'm glad we have a five hopefully we never reach that direct-to-video streaming levels on this but um you know i hope Wes is happy with this wherever he is. Uh, I thought that they did a great homage and and did him uh, did him well. You know, I, I feel like for he, Wes, yeah, for Wes, he would have really liked this. So I'm just, I think it's great. We're in the year 2022, still talking about you know movies that from that came out when we were teenagers. So that's pretty damn yeah. cool. There you go. Well, thanks so much for coming on, guys. Again, uh, I'll have to have you back on another episode. But for now, we'll talk to you later. Little.
Thanks again for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. A special thank you goes out to my friend Scott Schreiner for our intro and outro music. We'll see you next week on First Time Podcast.